0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Sona Media Podcast, where we'll be talking about everything from World Future Energy Summit in Abu Dhabi, what's happening in Australia and the Germany coal phase out.
1: Andy, hello, how are, well, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Little intro in Japanese there for you.
0: Just <laughs> very timely as well. Very timely, considering what you've got in the pipeline
1: lined up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, morning everyone. Uh, well, whatever time of day you're listening to this, um, that's going to become rapidly confusing for me because I'm going to be in a different time zone to the rest of the editorial team as of next week. What? what what's What's going on? What's uh, happening? So I'm going to be in Japan. You know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thanks for For asking for the benefit of the listeners thank you very much yeah sure Um, so yeah so I will be spending quite a lot of this year in Japan and uh, yeah that's with PV Expo in mind in the end of February so that's one of the biggest sort of PV shows in the world so we will go and see what we can find out from there so yeah just to quickly say for all our all our readers and supporters and and everyone else um, yeah it's pretty much business as usual for us here so Energy Storage News will still carry on with myself at the helm, I hope if I can stay, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. All right. So yeah. So without further ado, Liam, uh, you yourself have been away on. Um, I have indeed duties this week. So where have you been? What have you been up to? Um, Why haven't we seen you this week?
0: I've been out um, in Abu Dhabi at the World Future Energy Summit, okay. um, held at well in Abu Dhabi at the Adnet Conference Center, which I'm sure is familiar to a lot of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it's one of the major trade shows for the energy sector now I'd say. Um, it partners with Abu Dhabi Sustainability Week, um, packs out quite a few conference halls um, at the conference centre there um, and basically mm-hmm. um, is this, well, it's, it's a bit like any other trade show I guess in the mm-hmm. sense that it packs as many exhibitors into one hall as possible mm-hmm. um, and Soda is basically having more and more of a say so okay. people ask speaking. to I wasn't there last year so we're
1: uh, sorry so so I mean it's a global show obviously yeah but the eyes are very much on that region of the world in yeah, terms of yeah, it exactly. solo- yeah
0: essentially all of the conference content there's kind of themed around the Middle East and, and their okay. energy transition which which makes for really an interesting perspective because you have this kind of um and it's it's very present on the show floor and some of the content that you, that you hear you have this Obviously, the Middle East is responsible for a considerable amount of oil and gas generation in in the world or for mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but equally, they're on their own kind of energy transition. So uh, towards the end of last year, Abu Dhabi, which is one of the uh, United Arab Emirates sets its own kind of climate and sustainability targets. They're looking to derive um, 50% of power from mm-hmm. clean resources by 2050. Oh. So, okay. it's interesting to hear that level of ambition, which is clearly not enough for, right, okay. for that. Okay. Uh, for for them, even with notwithstanding their impact or their arguable impact on global climate trends, considering that they are. A mass export, yeah. Because we're fuels. talking
1: here about their domestic energy mix, right? We're talking fifty percent, and that's not accounting for everything that gets exported and then burned. No, exactly. Exactly. Everywhere. So you yeah. have this kind okay. of
0: weird dichotomy where they are clearly they, they want to go towards or at least transition towards a net zero economy, mm-hmm. but they're not. That's that's not what is well. That's not what the target is. Okay. But also, they're not. They're equally not factoring in their mm. contribution to others fossil fuels which is which again is really really interesting to hear them kind of grapple with but Mm. one of the key things i took away from this and you can read some of the stuff i've published on on pv tech and current to come Mm -hmm. um even though they're they're only just beginning their their journey in comparison to other states i think abu dhabi has something like just over 1.5 gigawatts of solar which is not that much, yeah. they're, they're moving away. But they're that's
1: moving. happened quite quickly, hasn't it? It has, really it has, it has, so yeah. that
0: they're moving rapidly from this pretty much predominantly gas-fired mm. power system to a renewables-heavy one. Mm. They've got roughly 1.5 gigawatts at the moment. They're just about to announce the winner for a tender for a 2 gigawatt solar plant. Okay. Um, so okay. they are scaling up quite rapidly. Yeah, And they're talking about have, aiming to have something like 9 gigawatts by um, 20, uh, 2025 what, okay. what they're already starting to see though is this yeah. they're starting to grapple with the realities of that so they're, 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 they're really keen to get more storage in the mix because the, okay. that, they see the the value in grid frequency and and the, the frequency response services there uh-huh. they um, so it's re- really interesting to hear there the the 1.5 gigawatts that they've got at the moment mm. is responsible for something like on, on a casual hot day in the summer mm-hmm. where temperatures can get 40 45 50 degrees mm-hmm. it can contribute around 6% of, of Abu Dhabi's power that's because of the enormous power demand for air conditioning and things like that oh of course yeah, 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 yeah. in the win- in the cold winter yeah it's it that climbs from 6 to about 16% okay so and that's that's with just 1.5 gigawatts on the grid. Yeah, yeah. When it goes up to nine gigawatts, what what does that grid look like Okay, kind of thing? Um, They're already starting to see that, but they reckon that um, if you get up to them, there was a a, a few interesting comments from some officials, Uh um, companies like um, EWEC, which is the Emirates Water and Electricity Company, which is the main utility there, D. R. Mazda, those kind of those kind of companies, right. big names, obviously, big yeah. big big yeah. names. Yeah. yeah, really not, or showing a little bit of um, not naivety, but just not really grappling with the situation and, and the realities of it until now. Um, okay, and they're saying that now, with now they're starting to get towards tel- once it gets to about fifteen to twenty percent of power mm-hmm. so coming from renewables, mm-hmm. you they they're seeing the need for a
1: completely different grid to what they've had in the past. Okay, so, I mean. There's obviously an economic imperative in the long term for them because there's, you know, you talk about expecting falling prices of, you know, falling value, let's say, of yeah. fossil fuels, and at the same time rising value of renewables. By So I guess for them, they're needing to kind of hit that kind of inflection point at the right time. Yeah. Albeit 2050, again, is, you know, 20, 20, 20 30 years away? 30 so, years away. Right? <laughs> good maths. <laughs> good thing good, I want good to get. Maths. <laughs> Well, what I mean is that obviously you know you'd hope that those again like we said before you'd hope those targets will be revised once there becomes a recognition that yeah that, you know things so yeah so I mean through P, um, through our various solar technology channels we've talked a lot about kind of hot weather appropriate technologies desert yeah. appropriate technologies that kind of stuff so leaving that sort of specific environmental uh, not environment but that kind of um, you know how rugged the technology needs to be for that yeah. What sort of other things were you hearing in terms of the well, that as well I guess, but what, what sort of technologies are kind of people keen to really explore and or deploy then in there? Was that something that you really already Yeah, thought, definitely. I from? think
0: one of the key things and um, it's almost as if we planned this ahead because our cover feature for PVT Power twenty one was on O and M in in arid climates. Okay. some kind of it was it was really good to see that, that Magazine was flying off the shelves at the show. Okay, so um, that was
1: PV Tech Power Twenty One. Yes, that came out. yeah, published yeah. just
0: before Christmas. You can still download it on the website.
1: And that's a quarterly magazine, so yep. it will still be relevant for, <laughs> yeah. for a little while. Fingers yeah. crossed,
0: it will. Yeah, um, but some of the it was interesting on the show floor speaking to some of the exhibitors mm-hmm. because they are now backing that when we start to deploy in these kind of climates, and it's not just the arid climates that you see in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you who are in the UK or who have experienced the UK summer in the last two or three years will have seen that the temperatures are climbing. Um, it, we got to thirty-eight degrees last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, that come that brings with it a lot of humidity. Yep. That so it's fair to say some asset owners perhaps weren't expecting. Um, oh, you mean in the UK? Yeah, yeah in the okay. UK yeah. but um, Summer. In the so UK. basically, this 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 problem. What, what I'm trying to say really yeah. is that this problem isn't just limited to the Middle East, different different environments have different or different countries have different environments Mm -hmm. so it has to operate in and that places strain on components. Mm -hmm. In the past I think it's fair to say that the industry and asset owners and developers have concentrated a bit too much on the key components so if as long as the modules have um, the appropriate temperature coefficient to operate they're fine and Mm -hmm. the inverters likewise. What we're now starting to see is the different kind of components or the or the minor components that make up a solid farm. So it's not just the modules and the inverters, it's mm-hmm. the back sheet that is in the module. Mm-hmm. So how that can be best engineered and installed to make sure that, that module operates to the best of its ability for the most amount of time. Mm-hmm. How the right kind of even even all the way down to the kind of the cabling which is used, is that the best cabling that you can buy? Because the cables might make up something like 0.1% of a total solar farm's cost mm-hmm. but if a cable if if you go for the cheapest cable and those cables fail on mass when mm-hmm. the temperature rockets or there's a sandstorm or whatever mm-hmm. then your your whole project is at a loss, yeah yeah, 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 of course, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So
0: now you're starting to hear, I mean, it would be quite interesting to see because obviously the discussion is moving on and it's a probably a factor of the industry maturing a lot mm-hmm. in, in the last kind of three, four years. Mm-hmm. You're now looking at these companies, we're hearing about these companies that are kind of sweating the small stuff to make sure that the big picture fits. Yeah, um, yeah. And it it kind of reminded me yeah. of when um, Dave Brailsford took over the, um, team Sky cycling team and within the expertise that they had at Team GB okay so, so, sorry this is competitive cycling this is competitive cycling okay. but okay. Okay. bear with me it's rather. that's alright I'll be at the Olympics <laughs> this year so I need
1: to get au okay with cycling as well as soccer yeah. one of the big things that they obviously bought for and I'm sure people would have
0: heard this to the sick in the teeth but mm-hmm. this kind of marginal gains theory that Rather than just looking at the big picture mm-hmm. and trying to get a two percent increase from one thing, mm-hmm. if you just looked at a 0.1% one percent increase from loads of things yeah, yeah, and yeah. really brought that into the holistic picture, uh-huh. the gains could the, that whole factor load is going to is going to increase. Okay. So it's, it's, yeah. there, there seems to be that kind of discussion moving towards that, which okay. is which is really interesting to see. I and mean, again, to you know, show a lot of yeah both the industry maturity and looking at the entire whole system rather than just
1: optimizing and fine-tuning all the components that really fits with you know what we were talking about last time out with Alex from uh, next trackers piece that he's done on you know modern power plants of the future and he's talking about a lot of different marginal gains and adding up to a big picture so that you know you can raise the capacity factor of solar and what have you. And I guess the other thing, like, as you say, is in terms of it being a sign of industry maturity and uh, sorry if we're overrunning a bit time wise here, but, um, you know, in terms of the industry maturity, obviously a lot of the argument in terms of economics for solar is that solar is now very cheap in terms of generation. Yeah. But obviously, you know, the, the competition on price is not the right one. You know what I mean? Like buying the cheapest modules, that's obviously bitten a lot of people in the backside or the back sheet. <laughs> you know over uh, quite a lot you know in the past yeah. sort of thing so so it's really uh yeah I mean I guess like you say it's going to have to be a question of getting the, the best components but then obviously also scaling that within sort of affordable holistic if you will sort of designs really I guess yeah yeah exactly, exactly yeah cool yeah. all righty
0: that I mean obviously there was there was a lot more to the show than just that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. even Akon turned up for any nauseous hip hop fans? That was that was interesting.
1: Oh right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. obviously,
0: uh, quite a. Because
1: he set up his um solar. Yeah, so yeah, he he's yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. quite a
0: proponent of or oh, quite okay. a big proponent of solar in, in Africa. So it was interesting to see him
1: yeah. march well, around. I'm not a huge fan of his music, but fair enough. But yeah you not? Not really. I mean, I remember hearing. You know, I remember hearing after Prince passed away, though. Who, you know, I am a bit much more of a fan of Prince, but uh, well, not that that's relevant. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it turned out that Prince, in his home state of Minnesota, had uh, had paid for a lot of community soda and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, it's just, it's easy to to knock the celebrities, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, uh, exactly. It's nice when they do stuff that is actually quite positive, I guess. Yeah, rather than. Everything else they got. <laughs> <do. laughs> While well, like I'm recording music. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. right. So,
0: um, yeah. there's been quite a lot of developments outside of Abu Dhabi recently though, Andy. So, um, in particular, well, well if, I think most we, recently.
1: Yeah, I think if we're just talking about national ambitions in this little section of the pod here, I guess. Um, and yeah, there's been a few bigger picture stories this week, haven't there really? Yeah. Um, so, if, yeah, I mean, we'll talk through the other ones. But from my point of view, a big one that a lot of folks... Maybe in the English-speaking part of the world didn't really clock. Oh, sorry, didn't really recognise. Um, was Italy actually? So, yeah, I mean, f- similarly to Spain, there's kind of a, a solar market that was stalled a bit in limbo and, and what have you. Yeah, it's fair to say that the legal
0: issues in in Italy regarding solar have had quite a detrimental effect on that market.
1: Right, right, and um, so I mean, the grid operator has basically. So the grid operator is called Turner T E R N A. And Grid operator has basically got a grid development plan that is, well. So let's say their overall bigger picture target is more than half of gross electricity consumption. So that's fifty-five point four percent to be from renewables by twenty thirty. Okay. That's going to include forty gigawatts of new renewable energy systems. Um, yeah, I mean the the statistics are in the news stories that we print. Yeah. So I'm not going to reel through all of them. Um, but that means a lot of energy storage capacity, but it doesn't just mean that it means that the grid operators quite cleverly, I think basically decided to tender for it as if it was kind of a flexibility service. Yeah. Um, so kind of with, uh, they've got this thing called mixed aggregated, um, units okay. basically. So it's, so it's kind of like a virtual power plants, including sort of demand response, you know, which is where you turn up your or turn down your energy demand response to the grid signal. Um, It also means you can have energy storage systems performing tasks on the grid, but related to what they do for the grid, rather than just necessarily the economics of how those storage systems can make money through sort of market opportunities. Yeah. So they're contracted to actually perform a purpose for the grid, so yeah. Um, and now X has been probably, so in terms of providers, um, you can go through, you know, Turner have made the list public, okay, and they do this on a monthly basis. They've procured more than 820 gigawatts just in, uh, sorry, megawatts. That was a megawatt Megawatts, that, was a that would have been an exclusive, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's still a big number there, right? Yeah. 820 megawatts of mixed resource sort of capacity that's flexible to the system, um, just in the first seven months from November 2018 to June 2019. Yeah, I think this a uh, sizable amount, definitely. Pretty good, pretty yeah. good. And yeah, it's 120 separate contracts. So watch that space, read about it on Energy Storage News and should be really, really interesting. What's cool about this uh, from our sort of tech point of view, um, that includes residential virtual power plants. So NLX has started on a small scale so far, just 100 units, but in three provinces. Right. Um, And so this will be aggregated home systems capable of providing grid services, helping balance the grid. And it's that's pretty interesting considering the developments we've seen
0: pretty much across Europe Mm -hmm. in the last year or so. You look at some of the stuff, some of the projects which come forward in the UK, Mm. Um, the. Um, German town whose name I can't remember. Bord, yeah. They, yeah, they, 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 they spoke about in the last um, mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. It's clear that there's a there's a clear direction to
1: travel there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was the well, there's the coal phase out. Yeah, yesterday that you were mentioning or something. I haven't seen the reports more, yet. But more on that later. More the, in, on that later. Episode. Episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was Italy. Um, Other big picture stuff. I mean, India, obviously, you know, um, uh, yeah, a kind of key market for decarbonisation. Big time. Um, just it, yeah, just almost don't even know where to start. But yeah, so in terms of actual news, <laughs> <so> <laughs> yeah, start start with a new stuff so and then sure. we'll work our way back. Sure. So the National um, Solar Energy Corporation of India is tendering for one point two gigawatts of wind and solar hybrid capacity. That's just the latest of the tenders. So your
0: hybrid capacity, we we start to see come to the fore this mm. year, and and like we, we we've said a couple of times now, you'll see this focused quite prominently in our coverage for Mm -hmm. 2020 Mm -hmm. but a a real kind of trend
1: moving forward. Yeah and I mean uh, hybrid can kind of be a loose definition as well. I mean to me hybrid kind of implies a system that sort of includes storage wind and so you know all the other mixed things with storage in it but then Maybe that's just because I'm the editor of Energy Storage News and yeah. I'm just uh, making an assumption based on that. Mm. So essentially hybrid just, just means that we're going to be combining more energy yeah. sources and ideally more clean energy sources. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's certainly hard in mm-hmm. interpret anyway. Yeah. And of course, you know, um, the darling of the industry last couple of years, kind of floating PV. Yeah. Yeah. So they're tendering for fairly modest amount of floating PV, uh, just four megawatts. But that's actually connected with uh, one megawatt hours of battery storage. Um, just to really see see where we can go with that, so we'll wait and see. It's um, it's
0: something that they? I mean, clearly works in mm. most markets because we've seen it deployed in most markets, and there are obviously operational issues with that that you need to get your head around. We've, we've seen some of those come to the fore, but you can definitely see that kind of market taking off in India. Yeah, as
1: well, because well, I mean, I've been thinking about, like, say, for example, in Southeast Asia and places like that, where you are really subject to typhoons and hurricanes yeah. and stuff like that. It's yeah, it is kind of, um, you do sort of wonder how, um, I mean, we're going to have to get one of these floating floating developers in to talk to us about this and yeah. you know, how safe it is. But, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I guess it's it's mostly the modules that are on the sea and yeah. um, without wanting to be callous, that's the cheaper part of the cost of the system, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with that. But it's really exciting and I think floating sodas always really caught the, the industry imagination. Maybe more than it has in terms of actual deployment figures. I think that's
0: fair. Yeah, but, yeah. It's,
1: but it's the same with carports. It, it's a real opportunity, I think. You know? Yeah,
0: and carports, again, mm. they, they make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And you can see the benefits, obviously, not just in terms of available space, but allowing that to be calibrated with EV chargers and, and, and things like that. Mm. Have are they an idea which people haven't quite worked out in practice yet? Possibly. They're, mm-hmm. they're fed. There's been some quite sizable developments, mm-hmm. but you would think if the market was yeah. ready for it, there would there would have been a lot more
1: by now. It's a bit like net zero housing, isn't it? There needs yeah. to be a bit of a driver yeah, really a, before a driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just one last point on the India in the India side. No, i with a the driver there. Oh, very good, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so so subtle it went under the radar. Uh, yeah, so just one last thing on India. Um, so the India side of things. Now the tariff rate has been set at uh, just uh, 0.041 US cents per kilowatt hour, um, which to me seems low. I'm not entirely sure to put it in context, but I'm just thinking back to, you know, obviously your trip to the Middle East and mm. the Middle East had a few full starts last year or two, well, more than that, due to like particularly low bids tar- and tar- tariffs, tariff yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly, so whenever we see these tenders, and, and you know, in India, like, the enthusiasm sometimes um, has to get a reality check, um, unfortunately, because of the, yeah, I mean, sometimes developers are maybe a bit more ambitious yeah. in, in bidding low tariffs and stuff, yeah. nonetheless, um, it shows a will to, to win, really, doesn't it, so, yeah, I think I've, to be I've, afforded, spoken, I've I
0: think. spoken to a few developers that were involved in the first kind of, Big push for soda in India that competed in some of those tenders, mm-hmm. um, and their take on the matter was that it's they they won't be returning anytime soon. I think it's. So I think you you'll agree. see you'll see some players that that remain and and are committed to the market, uh-huh. but given the whole how the economic tariff kind of situation works and then the bidding and, mm-hmm. and what goes on there, right. I, I think it, it might have. Not scared people off, but left them one, a little bit, bit more reticent. Yeah, one yeah, once once twice shy
1: sort of thing. A little bit reticent to go back for more. Well, that's understandable, but let's, yeah. let's hope that it's uh, yeah that that kind of um, kind of comes together really. Yeah, um, and a, one thing there that kind of in a seamless segue
0: onto the next topic,
1: mm-hmm. um, Portugal. I thought you were going to say, on oh, PV India Tech
0: show. So. <laughs> <laughs> more, more on those later. Okay, good, uh, good. But, yeah, no, Just put down the placeholder there, right? Speaking yep. of um, record low tenders and, and tariffs and things like that. Oh, that yeah. is smooth, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Portugal, <laughs> um, a, a sort of exclusive story on PV Tech this week. Um, Portugal is setting the date for its next uh, solar auction. Going to follow up the record-breaking... Uh, tender from 2019, which saw some kind of staggeringly low bids, come in. Um, but they're going to launch go the next one at the end of Q1 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly for you, Andy, everything's interesting to me. But with, yeah. with your yeah. battery battery hat on, mm-hmm. um, there's going to, when they were automatically discussing um, a potential separate storage tender to right. bring forward these projects. Mm-hmm. They, um, the um, country's Environment and Climate Action Ministry have confirmed that storage is gonna be incorporated into the solar auction. Mm-hmm. So now you have this aspect of, we've had these record low bids with just solar, can we now bring storage into the mix and mm-hmm. bring forward these kind of whole system solutions for Portugal's clean energy market? So that one really will be one to watch next year, uh, what? Next, next year. next year. We're this already, year we're, we're already, already in the new decade. 2020.
1: How exciting is that? And yeah, yeah sure, so yeah. It,
0: it, that kind of tender's mm. earmarked for the end of um, end of March twenty twenty. Okay. Which will be interesting, considering our own event in Portugal towards around that time. All oh,
1: right, so that's uh, thirty. I've got here thirty first of March, first of April. Large scale solar Europe twenty twenty in Lisbon. Right. Yeah. So ooh, by ooh. by
0: that time we could. By the time the event takes place, we could already see mm-hmm. more, get a gist of what mm-hmm. what that
1: what that tender is looking. And like. we'll get some visibility on neighboring Spain, obviously as well. Yes, yes, see what's we will. In um, and the the there, yeah.
0: amount just just a quick word on Spain. Mm-hmm. The amount of solar which is planned for, uh, particularly the um, Extremadura region, which which is kind of the major city in the, in that region is Seville, mm-hmm. but um, towards the country southeast, southeast, southwest, sorry, mm-hmm. shares a border with Portugal. Um, It's basically a playground for some of the world's largest soda companies. You've got Imbacherola making significant moves there, um, and a handful of others. And we're just losing track of the amount of soda which is which is going in there. So again, it's really really interesting to see. You had Spain, one of the Europe's early movers, and then obviously was beset by legal issues, which are still ongoing. Yeah. Um, yeah, But now now that the sector has kind of moved away from needing Mm. government subsidy, yeah. It, it, there's just a huge rush back. Yeah, so it, sure, it's, yeah. it's, I reckon that'd be one of the, the stories to watch. Yeah, and I mean, I guess we're
1: gonna have to go to a resident finance expert, Jose Rocco Martin. Yeah, um, obviously, to look obviously into that. Well, I mean, you know, uh, on, a, on a really, you know, kind of a serious not a very serious note actually, like after 2008, lots of people in yeah. Spain, there's a big downturn, like personal friends of mine, you know, big trouble, families yeah. lost money, you know, this, that and the other. Um, is it really crass of me to say that, you know, this is probably something of a an economic industry yeah. boost for Spain, you know, in a wider picture. But let's hope it's not just obviously the environment is vitally important to every single one of us. Yeah. But let's hope that this gives, you know, kind of business community something to, to hang on to as well and, you know, maybe private individuals as well will sort of see that benefit yeah. over time, you know, let's hope. Yeah. Right. Time for a break? Yeah, take a little break. We'll be back in a sec. Have a couple of chocolates.
0: Here at Soda Media, we don't just provide industry-leading news, we're also quite accustomed to throwing the odd event. February and March 2020 sees the return of our famous spring portfolio, featuring Soda Finance and Investment London, the Energy Storage Summit series and more. Even better, listeners to the podcast can receive exclusive discounts to attend. Simply email marketing at sodamedia.co.uk with the word podcast in the subject to receive your discounted rate. For more information on the event series, head to www.SolarEnergyEvents.com. Welcome back to the Solar Media Podcast. Andy, what's on on the agenda in your your beloved Japan?
1: Hey, Hi, Arigatogu start. Thank you, Liam. Um, Yeah, so uh, just a brief note on this because I hope to be able to give our readers a lot more visibility in the months to come. Um, But there is one dedicated analysis firm based in Japan, they're called RTS Corporation. Uh, Venerable, very enjoyable to work with, and you know, they are really the things on the pulse. So a lot of the international analysis firms being honest with you, I don't know if anyone's aware of this, don't actually have analysts based in Japan. Right. Whoops, sorry. A little peek behind the curtain. Yeah, you? exactly. So, uh, I mean, I mean, that's understandable because the market is, um, yeah, it's kind of dwarfed by China in terms of the international interest in some ways. Um, oh, look, just got an email in from Turner in Italy. I wonder if they're listening in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so um, I just wanted to give you some of these big picture um, uh, figures that came out it's just before Christmas, wasn't it? Just before Christmas these were released, yeah. So um, it's a bit complicated. Financial year in Japan is a tiny bit different to the UK's one, but um, basically we are looking at a proposed scenario that RTS has put together, and that would involve a certain amount of policy rejigging and technology rejigging, for want of a better word, but we're talking about 150 gigawatts of pv installed capacity by 2030 and that's right. they consider that to be feasible now policy target is only really for about i think 24 nationally of, of energy demand come from solar um by 2040 i believe someone double check that for me but <laughs> but i mean the point is that that kind of I believe that they could exceed that target and I don't think they'd see it as a bad thing if they did exceed that target. But so, well, this is this
0: is what happens with some of these targets, isn't it? It's yeah. almost like they're set to be achievable rather than
1: yeah, exactly. ambitious. Yeah, let's hope so, yeah? so. So there's a lot of very smart grid stuff going on in Japan that we, we want to look into a lot more and you can read about quite a lot of that on the site already. But, I mean, essentially they, they believe that estimated kind of somewhere between business as usual and um, you know a little bit more ambitious policies kind of eight gigawatts annual market so that's getting close to the heyday of, of Japanese so you know the early the early 2010s yeah um, and that will come with predicted kind of about three gigawatts thereabouts of energy storage um, you know kind of to that 2030 time frame so it's pretty exciting. It's so the part of the reason I'm going to be in Japan this year is because net zero housing targets have been introduced. Yep. obviously. Yeah. Japan I'm is a country that. that basically builds new houses when people move house if right. they can. So that's a million new houses every year. Guys, do the maths, right? That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. Um, and then you've also got a lot of, um, energy market deregulation stuff going on. So to create sort of greater competition and so on. So, You've got these net zero things, and then you've also got the feed-in tariff basically finishing this year. So yeah. 10-year 10 10 year feed-in tariffs are finishing. So people are finding the best ways of, of getting value. So we've got a lot of international providers are looking to go there. Um, they kind of asked me not to mention this, but I might do anyway. Go for it. So I've noticed that Zonan are recording for people in Japan. There you go. Notice that go Shell are recruiting for business development people in renewable energy in Japan. I've noticed that like basically there's a lot of these new offices being opened up and you know so So it's clearly a target target market. Definitely, definitely. Albeit the likes is on and they won't thank me for coming up with saying this because they haven't officially made that announcement. Right. But it appears it appears to be very strongly understood that they are closely investigating that. Right. And with a view to probably their Australia offices, which are very well established, sure. having some hand in that being part of Asia kind yeah, of thing as yeah. well. So yeah, so that's I mean a lot more to be said about Japan, but for today, let's let's kind of keep it succinct and, and to that really, I guess. I mean, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned Australia
0: there, and mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, what's what's going on there kind of puts everything in perspective. <sighs> Truth. That, that Truth, that mate. Yeah, um, yeah. There's there's been. I mean, we don't need to go into. I'm sure people are aware of what's, what's happening there. We don't need to go into any great detail, but... I well, mean, don't just, we?
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's I mean, some it's, unbelievable it's, stuff, but go on, yeah. No, it, it, no. I, yeah, I think yeah, it's... Yeah.
0: The one thing that stands out for me mm-hmm. is that you have this, and this, again, bleeds into the next topic that we'll, that we'll come on to, but you have this... Mm. Market which has adopted solar and storage in quite significant numbers yeah. from, from from both a domestic and a utility scale. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the 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 combination is so crippled by its reliance on well not necessarily reliance but the the fascination with with the coal sector. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, just to ensure the the whole mining operation still maintains Mm -hmm. the recruitment numbers that it does even in spite of something an an actual bonafide climate driven crisis on its doorstep which is Mm -hmm. having significant impacts for everyone who lives there Mm -hmm. and when the actual people who are supposed to be in control and leading that country just refuse to talk about it it just highlights that the scale of the issue and the scale of the problem and the fact that some people just refuse to lift their head out the sand.
1: And we're not even talking about the necessity or the perceived necessity to burn coal for system stability or to keep the lights on. No. We're talking about coal as an economic imperative, aren't we? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, particularly on social media, I mean, guys, like, if you are interested to follow up on this, there's there's a lot of really vocal people out of Australia kind of talking on, on the social media and stuff like that, so... Do your best to find incredible ones or, you know, um, see how it goes. Because, I mean, see ridiculous things. You know, they had uh, these uh, promotional educational films for kids with a, a, a guy in a lump of coal costume teaching kids about how to draw.
0: It's, this is mental. Thing. It's absolutely, it's just batshit. Yeah. Some of the stuff which gets mentioned Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just to pick up on that uh comment you just made about news sources yeah. um, any, anybody which tries to, tries to claim that what you're seeing in Australia is anything other than mm. the, is, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know how to put it into words if anybody's trying to say that this is normal or is yeah. some way precedented by yeah. what might have happened in the past mm. then just, just get your heads out the answer is really. Apocalypse it's it's normal, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like Huge swathes of your country are literally on fire, and yeah. this is being built as oh, it's just, it's just cyclical. This, this, this has happened before, and now it's not. Do you it, think, it just can't be. Do you
1: think Elon should move there as training for Mars? Possibly. I mean, it's yeah. going to look a lot like a different planet yeah, in, in about two months. Well, I mean, it's really sad, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the fact that you've had tennis players in in Melbourne, you know, which is we originally was considered to be far enough away and now Victoria's got fires going on you You could see you could literally see the the glow from the fire
0: Mm -hmm. from New Zealand Mm -hmm. and I just I wanted to make this point because Mm -hmm. there's this kind of almost this thought or lingering feeling that oh Australia and New Zealand is not that far away Mm -hmm. it's thousands of miles away Mm -hmm. it's not just on their doorstep It it is Literally, thousand miles. It's the equivalent of the UK being able to see Eastern Europe on fire and you seeing that that glow on the horizon. This is a serious, serious incident that people are, certain people are Mm -hmm. keen to Mm -hmm. underplay and and are unwilling to talk about what's actually causing it.
1: And I mean, no one more so than uh, Scotty from Marketing. As I believe, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, has now come yeah, to be, exactly, come to be known by satirists and you know commentators in Australia. And I think you can read into that what. Well, what, I mean, what, like you, you know, he was it. one of the guys that made a really big show of having a solar and battery installed at his house. Yeah. Before he was Prime Minister, you know, and now he's uh, kind of going around forcibly shaking hands with firefighters who've lost their houses, and you know, he gave a talk in um, Sydney, right, which at the time was unaffected. Yeah. Kind of didn't really go into the climate change thing, Uh, and then the talk had to be cancelled because the fire alarm went off because of smoke (laughs) drifting in from five hours away. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's beyond satire. satire. Honestly, I mean,
0: we we make a big song and dance about the the kind of what's gone on in the UK in the last Mm. five years as having killed satire, and you've got yeah kind of real kind of satirical minds like Amanda Ianucci just being how can I possibly write anything like the thick of it yeah, these days right what is going on in Australia is yeah. just peak satire of mm. what of how a government should actually function and yeah like you say it, it does make you laugh how you get some of these figures that are just being a having to basically be dragged back from Hawaii kicking and screaming to confront the
1: Right, he's on holiday though. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Then you've got when he's actually gets here, he's just so immune to what is actually happening and with the consequences of it on people mm-hmm. that he can't talk to people or even have it show the, the remotest sense of mm-hmm. empathy in what they're going through. That he just mm-hmm. tries to forcefully shake their hands. Yeah, and he thinks it's a good idea to go out and and kind of try to talk to these people about it. And the, that video of him being basically harangued out of a town. Like, you wonder when politicians, when it will just suddenly dawn on some of these politicians that Mm. maybe I might have to actually have a strong opinion on this thing. Yeah. Rather than, oh, I'll just, I'll go out and meet a few people, it'll It'll be fine, it'll all blow over.
1: Sure, but I mean, you know, these kind of, um, you know, these politicians like that, they often rely on compliant press, compliant industry, things like that, and, you know, maybe it's easier for us because we're not in Australia, but people have to take these people to account, don't they? I yeah, think. very and, much so. And very you, have, you so. have to
0: wonder. There, there, there's a common theme in some of the some of the media in in the UK, the US, and and, yeah. and Australia. Well, we, let's. We, we, I mean, we could. It is just all Murdoch-led stuff, which is oh, yeah. which is nonsense. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> moving swiftly. Up. Well,
1: well, okay. Let's let's give some. So you know, we're part of the media too. We're, yeah. not, as, we're not as big time as some of these braces wearing. Uh, Yahoo's, yeah. Um But at the end of the day, let's give people some crumbs of comfort, or yeah, give I myself mean... some crumbs of comfort, and nothing else. So we we've seen figures come in that it, like you say, you mentioned America there, and like a similar thing dynamic holds that the state governments at state level, yeah not all of them by any means but that's a very different picture to what's happening at national level ultimately the states need the the national level to to enable the frameworks that they put in sure but um so there's a consultancy called sunwiz in australia right and their ceo um sorry managing director warwick johnson um has just written up um basically yeah his, his statistics for the previous year and i think what's come in so far is the residential statistics Every state smashed its goals, pretty much, yeah. and smashed its made records. Uh, 2.13 gigawatts of PV systems in the sub 100 kilowatt mark um, from January to December last year. Yeah. that's huge. You know, they already had a million solar rooftops there, so the will to do it is clearly there. You know, um, so yeah. So good people of Australia and the US and everywhere else, you know, don't give up hope. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm mentioning residential solar systems in a way that's kind of like, uh, from a big picture, it can feel like that's pushing the onus on saving the world onto the, the little people. Yeah. Um, and that's not what I'm saying. Like, I'm not telling you to go out and remortgage your house and make sure you can buy $10,000. What I'm saying is, you know, people need to put pressure on everyone they can from local government yeah. all the way up to the top. Um, to make sure that you know just the most amenable situations for these technologies can be found and just ways that of course I but yeah please do invest in this equipment and stuff but it takes a coordinated effort but I'm glad that there's definitely the uh, the interest there. and the other thing of course is the economics of solar work yeah in Australia they work great yeah a lot of Australia Yeah. yeah And it's the economists selling coal abroad that are what are propping up this whole bullshit, basically. That's my first swear. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I've I've broken that down. Well, good for you. you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think, I guess, again, moving on to like crumbs of comfort from from what's going on. Um, We had some big news come out of Germany yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, They're now, they have set a date for their coal phase-out. They want to kind of rid the country of, Coal fired generation by twenty thirty eight, mm-hmm. or by twenty thirty five, if it looks like things are progressing quickly enough. Okay. This is, this kind of date has been set yeah. with um, a, a like a compensation pot for the industry, because obviously there are um, four of four of Germany states are kind of heavily reliant on coal or coal both coal um, fired plants and lignite mines as being mm-hmm. a huge economic um, of being of Huge economic importance. Yeah. Um, so the government has set aside this forty billion euro um, kind of compensation pot, which will be used to be ploughed into other industries, like in quite heavy infrastructure industries. That people okay. who are in those sectors who mm. are at risk can kind of retrain them and move into those into ah, other sectors. Right. Yeah. So they are looking at. Yeah. Um, yes, coal is. An important part of um, Germany's economic kind of progress in terms of a yeah. uh, uh, source of recruitment and source of jobs, mm-hmm. but it's clear that it has mm-hmm. no future. Mm-hmm. So they are moving, they've, they've set the date, but also mm-hmm. look to transition people. And it's sort of like kind of yeah. quite stereotypical German efficiency. They can come up with a scheme right. like that that can just streamline and set a quite realistic date for the end of coal
1: right because i mean germany's been on this uh, energy transition or as they call it there, the energy vendor since the 80s, right, and that yeah. was initially for the impetus of moving away from nuclear and yeah. you know, that banged up the reliance on coal and yeah. you know, whatever, and, and the other thing that people might not realise is that you know, if you go to small, town, small towns in Germany in those coal-reliant states, you have a public swimming pool that's paid for by the coal company, yeah. you'll have schools that are paid for by the coal company, you have other community stuff that's paid for by the coal company, so that's a very powerful lobbying wedge, right? Yeah. And and back to obviously the point of employment, transitioning people into cleaner jobs. Yeah, that's a big topic everywhere, isn't it? Of course. Well, and yeah. we we're, we're seeing yeah. it over
0: here, like yeah. in mm. in the recent news with um, the uh, kind of a, a regional airline here um, in the UK called Fibe. Right, um, has been in financial trouble before, is in financial trouble again, mm. and you, you're looking at the government um are looking at relaxing their passenger duty mm. to make it easier for them to operate and to basically build a business model on allowing people to fly shorter distances mm-hmm. for convenience and you have the i mean the fact that a price of a flight from london to scotland is, is often cheaper than the flight uh, than the price of the train yeah, despite, of despite having a enormous um, environmental uh, higher, higher environmental impact.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: How the government can square that mm. with the supposed climate targets, mm. I certainly don't know. You've got ministers over here saying that you should absolutely fly if you need to. Yeah. But equally, how can you still, how can you justify advocating for short haul flights?
1: whilst setting a date well, this for a net, net zero is, economy. Because the other airlines are now complaining that Flybe have got this special treatment and they and, haven't right. Yeah, so you can't for just give competition them. and fairness, I can see what they're getting at. Well, yeah. I mean, this is a disaster, looking, isn't it? Yeah, we well, yeah, well, you're, you're looking at other budget. airlines
0: that will now get the same treatment, and yeah. then you just have this huge mm. proliferation of short-haul flights in the UK. I I don't know how the government can square that consciously with
1: what they're trying to do from a climate perspective. Well, especially, like, there's think you, that's your first mistake in using the word conscience in connection with Yeah, government. I guess. But, yeah, maybe I don't. But, I mean, but then less, less
0: said about this government's conscience, the better, considering what's gone but on. On climate,
1: anyway, let's, say, yeah, let's yeah. say. But, you know, well, I mean, I I, I personally believe the debate around Big Ben bonging to end the euro is vitally important. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: <laughs> we have a clock. We want it yeah. to make a noise. Yeah. At, at a particular time. Yeah. That is the issue of the day. Yeah. We, we should be funding that from, a, from the cost public purse.
1: More than about 50 megawatts of energy. <laughs> Stories <laughs> were about what the hey, you know, uh, but yeah, just quick. I mean, that passenger flight duty tax that was introduced to stop people flying so much yeah, for environmental reasons, exactly. And right like, yeah.
0: now, now, at the site of <laughs> yeah, the, the slimmest possible trouble for one airline, mm. look, mm. I, I, I get it, there are jobs involved, yeah, but how, ha- why, can, never why, can, we that, not, why yeah. can we not come up with a similar structure where mm. we can help these people retrain? In Cleaner jobs that are important mm-hmm. to low low carbon infrastructure that they can yeah. just then transition into because that that could be that is the it's part and parcel of what of why the trends in recruitment what are the future jobs that we're going to need mm. we're going to need jobs in low carbon economies mm-hmm. so let's start the transition now and then it's not an issue yeah. the, of oh we have to protect these industries because they employ a lot of people mm. no mm. let's start transitioning people to low carbon jobs and get. That that whole system moving now, so that yeah. in ten years when the situation is even more dire, that we're yeah. then fishing around for for other solutions,
1: and this is it's it, something that it?
0: Australia can obviously yeah. learn from.
1: Yeah, I mean the tax break is just a. Uh, I mean, even at best for the for the airline, it's a sticking plaster, isn't it? You no, know well, I mean, like, like, well, they're not really, going to keep. They've already the had one bad out package. Yeah, right, yeah, so yeah.
0: this is this will be their second, and oh. it wants to stop them having a third. Could be a similar situation to the banks. And then where, where's that? Where's that gonna lead us? Uh,
1: we've spiraled down into despair. We have, mean. I think. Right. It, okay. It's, <laughs> a, it's time to get off our soapbox. box yeah, um, And yeah.
0: let, let's wrap up with with a, a look forward at what what we've got coming out. Um, yeah. It's we. Uh, sorry, to me It's it's probably fair to say that Q1 of every year is our busiest.
1: Fair to say that. I'm busy all year, but yeah. Well, in terms of in terms of the events. <laughs> in t- in terms on, of output. So we, uh, yeah, We're yeah. currently.
0: And um, the editorial desk we're plugging um, plugging away hard at at Power 22 Good which is out in yeah like it mm. uh, which is a way um, well it'll be published in kind of uh, mid to late February um, I'm putting together a cover for each of myself Ooh. this time okay um, looking at uh, the rise and rise of hybrid systems cool we've we've got a ton of other coverage in there though um, again we'll be sure to, to plug it away when it's um when it's
1: published. Yeah, absolutely. And that will be taken to the aforementioned PV Expo, which is part of World Smart Energy Week in Tokyo. In Tokyo. It will also be taken to our large, oh no, it will be out. It's going to, it's going to, yeah, it's it's going
0: to, it unfortunately, won't be at Soda Finance and Investment Europe.
1: But that's another show. Of ours. That's, another that's show in, the of ours. in the UK. In the UK,
0: at the end of well,
1: beginning of February.
0: Beginning of February now yeah. um, mm-hmm. at the Victoria Park Plaza in London. Mm-hmm. Um, the same venue will host the Energy Storage Summit. Cool. At the end of February. Right. Um, Sadly, when, I
1: won't be there, but our team will be. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there, yeah, and then yeah. we
0: decamp the to Lisbon for the aforementioned Last Gaso Summit in um, in Portugal, which cool. which again looks like being. Against a very a very hearty backdrop for solar,
1: which is pretty awesome news, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: So we after a fifteen-minute section of mm-hmm. dire climate reality. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll end on a high note.
1: Well, let's end on a date sent thing. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's go. Yeah. Recording. Yeah. So, yeah, so, all right, let's just climb back on our collective soapbox. Yeah. Take a leap into the great unknown to end this uh, this edition of the podcast, right? Yeah, sure. So, you people out there, I bet you've seen the news reports that sending emails is going to kill the planet.
0: Yes. Apparently, I'm,
1: I'm particularly saying thank you is going to kill the planet. Yeah, apparently that's the most important issue in terms of climate change. Don't say thank you. Don't say thank you. Forget
0: manners. Manners are killing the environment, obviously.
1: So here we are, and let's just quickly call BS on that, shall we? Yeah. Which is short for bullshit. Done it again. So so yeah, so, all right, so it's always nice to look at a real world issue or problem or perceived one through the lens of what's happening also in the real world. So we have seen... You guys are probably seeing Google is plan, filing a plan to power a $600 million data center just yes. outside Las Vegas with solar and batteries. Also yesterday, Microsoft um, announced the apparently ambitious decarbonization plan. Yes, they want to go carbon, carbon negative, don't they? They want, to, right. they want to do enough
0: by 2030, 2050 to okay. have removed all of their carbon emissions from when the company was founded in 1975.
1: Right. Okay, cool. Um, so, you know, uh, for me, I'm quite cynical. I always think, well, these are probably quite, uh, quite reasonable tax <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> you know, there's, there's always a kind of a cynical edge to what I'm thinking about when I'm looking at these things. But the point is people are being told that there's a carbon cost with sending an extra email or two, yeah. this, that, and the other. Yeah. On the one hand, that's true. On the other hand, data centers are one of the easiest things to assess the energy demand of. Yeah. They, they, they are very high consumers of energy in morning period when solar is strong, very yeah. high consumers of energy in the nighttime period where wind is strong. Yeah. I was talking to a finance expert this week who was saying that they're almost not even looking for contracts to help these data centers dig because they're already kind of on the path themselves.
0: Yeah. I've lost count of the number of, yeah, projects being lined up in with soda projects. That mm-hmm. This is that are being lined up by Google and Facebook to yeah. kind of power the data centers.
1: Right. So unless you're talking about some kind of rogue, illicit data center, you know, hosted by a mad villain on the side of a volcano, and they do exist. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Um, is this well, why you moving to Japan? <laughs> <yeah. way? laughs> no comment. Um, yeah. But so the point is that it's it just seems to be one of those things that like quite similar to this false debate about whether Big Ben should sound yeah. for for the UK leaving the um the EU. Yeah. Right? It's it's a misnomer. It's a misnomer, it's a red herring, yeah. you know. It's it is, it is a vital thing. But it's actually more interesting than it is. Like do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, an interesting it's, it's topic not how these how these data how these things things are going to Like for example they're citing a lot of them in Scandinavia and like northern hemisphere parts of the world It's a it's a massive, it's a you massive sector in, in, in Iceland. Iceland. That. You know, a lot yeah. of the I think a staggering
0: amount of the Bitcoin farming, which which it used to take place was done from Iceland because the data centres, if they were
1: overheating, yeah. could you just open a window? Have you seen the Bitcoin grannies of Siberia? No. So they are I mean, I don't know how anecdotal this is but I've seen your documentary about it. Yeah. But it's basically an, an outhouse uh, utility laundrette room <laughs> that a few grannies in Siberia are yeah. using to keep their Bitcoin mining operations. <laughs> And, and at the same time, they're delighted because it also dries their laundry. Oh, excellent.
0: Fine, fine. <laughs>
1: so, so, yeah, so it's, it's a bit of a Wild West in terms of scaling up that sort of solution, as yeah. you can tell. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, don't even get me started on Bitcoin and, you know, whether that's going to have any impact. Yeah, I think... Overall. Uh, I think uh,
0: but on on that note, I've had enough of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency to last
1: me a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. fine, fine. So yeah, I mean, blockchain is a whole different thing. But yeah, I mean, so just to just to let's wrap on this on this wrap up yeah. on this note. I'm not going to wrap yeah. this time. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the data center thing, and more widely speaking, it's kind of a just feels like an example of the average person's. I don't want to call it lack of knowledge or ignorance or anything like that, but like the average person out there doesn't have a stake in knowing about this stuff. Not so you, no. you see, like an email come in saying, ironically, don't email or you're going to kill the planet. Yeah, people will take that at face value. So I would say this, without boring the pants off people you meet at the next dinner party or pub you go to, just try and give them a couple of facts, like yeah. why. Why um, you know why what peak energy is something like that like why yeah. what the need for flexibility and balancing the system is yeah. you know and I think it, well, yeah.
0: one one of the th- one of the things that I, I feel that a lot of the, respons- the responsibility on this falls onto the energy suppliers because they have that relationship with the end user mm. Um, mm. but obviously a- anybody who is well versed in this kind of stuff can can contribute mm. one of the big things that I've seen in the UK recently is um, the energy supplier octopus mm-hmm. they have a kind of variable energy tariff which um, reflects the wholesale price. Agile Octopus Ag- is it, Agile course? Octopus, like that's the what name. it's called. Yeah, right, like so, the yeah. with the recent storms that we've had in the UK, the wind generation has gone through the roof which mm. has sent the energy price falling and in some instances people have either been paying nothing so they've had free energy or they've actually ended up being paid to use energy. Because right. if the system price goes into the negative, mm-hmm. supply is outstripping demand, mm-hmm. price goes into the negative to mm-hmm. incentivize that. Pretty much how market works. The best thing about this for mm-hmm. me isn't that people are getting free energy, it's that people are starting to engage with it. And, and, they realizing to, and they're realising that, that this is how the whole energy system mm-hmm. works. And then they can, if they are savvy enough, can mm-hmm. shift their demand to times when energy is cheaper, mm-hmm. energy is more, mm-hmm. uh, plentiful and that Mm. they can start to really save money
1: Mm.
0: and that that kind of engagement Mm. can only be a good thing moving forward
1: so well done octopus other energy supplies are available (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. we did
0: um on that note i think that that's yeah for any more
1: i mean i make we have yeah smart export guarantee in the uk there's millions of things we talk about millions of things you'll have to wait till the next month's podcast yeah
0: you do have to or follow
1: the sites obviously yeah follow the sites um and you but apart from that, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Are you.